Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt, and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts, or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. All right, thank you, and on with the show. Hello and welcome to Kindling Helpline. I'm Lucy Kippist and not Siobhan Hunt. I'm filling in for Siobhan today as she takes a hard-earned long weekend. Siobhan has big shoes to fill, so I'll be trying my darndest. Joining us as she does every week for Kindling Helpline is Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? Thanks. Our first question today is from Ruby. She has a question about breastfeeding with her eight-week-old. My daughter Ruby is eight weeks old and I'm exclusively breastfeeding. She is currently breastfeeding to sleep. I'm finding this more and more difficult due to the length of time I spend breastfeeding, especially in the evening. During the day, she is breastfed and often settles herself to sleep in the car or in the stroller or on a walk. If we are home during the day and in the evenings before bed, she wants to feed until she falls asleep. This can take quite a long time, even when I pick up the early tired cues. It feels like she is sucking on my nipple like a dummy for comfort. She refuses dummies and bottles. Occasionally I can pass her to Dad, once fed, and he can settle to sleep, but this often ends with her stirring and becoming whingy and adding more time to settle. Once asleep at night, she has a good stretch. During the day at home, I pat and shh as she wakes after 40 minutes. This works most of the time. I'm not sure how to break this cycle of feeding to sleep and would love some advice as I find the evenings are a really difficult time of the day. This is really common. So really, really common in those early days of bringing a baby home and we haven't quite got that rhythm going that we need. So we're going to look at the rhythm because your little baby's getting all these different messages about how to go to sleep, feeding to sleep, walking to sleep, in the pram, cuddling to sleep. We're going to just bring it to a point where it's more consistent, but there's a balance between where you need to get to and that baby's ability to learn to self-settle. So the first thing is that we start with the morning from the morning feed and we go into a rhythm called feed, play, sleep. So not feed, play, feed, sleep. (laughs) which we often do with a really little baby. So we're going to go feed, play, sleep, and that at least two of those sleep cycles in the day are in her bed. So not being walked in a pram or popped into the car because it's just giving her a message that when I go to sleep, I need movement in order to go to sleep. And I think that's what's adding to the problem at the end of the day. So by the end of the day, one, she's a little bit overtired and two, she's a little bit all over the place as to her cue signs for going to sleep. So generally speaking, babies feed about three to three and a half hours in the day from about that eight, nine weeks across the day period. So that's that's the time frame, the separation of the time frame of the feeding. And that will help because she'll feed better each feed. Then we move into the play. So being an eight-week-old baby, she'll stay awake somewhere between an hour and an hour and a half. And you're looking for those cue signs. I would say the majority of time it's around an hour and 15 minutes if you just wanted a bit of a gauge for the next few days until you can really see her signs. And then you need to give her a rhythmic pattern of behaviour that tells her how to sleep um, in 
the method of being put down first so that she's aware of where she goes to sleep. And it sounds like you resettle when you're at home and that's how we're going to do it for the settling. So we're just going to turn that around for you. So she gets fed. She has a little play. She shows the signs of tiredness. We're going to wrap her up, give her a cuddle, put her in her bed awake and tuck her in. And then you said before that you can shush pap in the um, resettle and that's all you're going to do to get her to settle down. Now, you might have to pick her up a couple of times and give her a little cuddle and put her back down and then shush pat again. Dim the room might help now. She's eight weeks old. Just dim it, Don't, not a black cave, but just a dim light in the room and you're looking for two sleeps in the day where you're helping her to go to sleep in a bed and to be resettled in the bed. So one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And then the other two can certainly be a pram and getting out and do the shopping and meeting up with friends. Now, when it comes to the afternoon, uh, the early evening, to stop that erratic feed and sleep, we're going to start um, another little evening rhythm or routine called feed-bath feed, where you might give her one side of the breast, then a bath, And then the second side of the breast, you'll do in a quiet environment, say in her room, and put it down exactly the same way as you have been during the day. And this will help her to distinguish day and night and stop that unsettledness that you're experiencing. And I'm sure if we use those little tips that this is going to settle down really quickly for you. That's good news, I'm sure. Uh, Next up is a question on the text line. We don't have a name, but the person has a 20-month-old. Yeah. My 20-month-old is a terrible sleeper, up a few times, wants to come into bed with me through the night and cuddle me to sleep. His naps are also terrible. He only sleeps in his pram and only for 30 to 45 minutes. He used to do two but has been fighting the afternoon one for the last couple of weeks. What can I do to help him? 30 to 45 minutes all day is just not enough for him. For settling him for the night, he has milk. Then I read him a story while he is lying next to me and he slowly falls asleep. But when I put him in a, until I put him in his cot when he's properly asleep, where do I even start? I know he needs to be settled for the night in his bed, but he's just so stubborn and really needs me. When he was younger, we tried leaving him for a few minutes at a time and he cried so much he vomited. We tried this twice and he vomited both times. Oh, we love the emotional vomit. Well, they're not emotionally vomiting, but it solidly feels like they're emotionally yeah. vomiting. So this is really difficult because a 20-month-old can really, you know, really push it for about an hour or so. So the first thing you're going to need is patience. Okay. And then we need consistency. And inadvertently, you've set up a lovely comforting method of going to sleep. And now you'd like to change that. So what I think we need to do and the most from what I can get is he visually sees you as you're going to sleep. And he's beside you, so he's probably touching you in a certain way. So we're going to do everything in his room now. So instead of in your room, we're going to do it in his room. He can have his milk and you can um, do this both for his lunchtime sleep and his evening sleep. You can give him milk, give him his story, put him into the cot and put your hands on him straight away. So you might have to sit on a little chair and put your arms through the bars and put your hands on him. Mm. And when he gets up, when he jumps up and doesn't want that and he's standing there crying, the first thing I'd do is tap the, the mattress and say, put your head down, it's time for sleep, put your head down. That's just to tell him where he's going, where you're going to put him. If he gets too distressed with that, pick him up, give him a cuddle, calm him down, then put him back down and repeat the sequence. Now you will literally have to repeat the sequence for up to an hour. It's soft, it's gentle. It's better than a screaming baby. He'll still be crying, but it's better than a screaming baby. 
pick up, put down, tell him where you want him to go. That's going to take you about three days. So we need the rhythm the same every day. And for a 20-month-old, I would think he would only have one sleep in the day and that that sleep would fall around the 12, 12, 30 mark. So let's give him the rhythm first. And, and then once you've got the rhythm going, then we're going to try putting him in his cot. It will take about three days. So, you know, try to cross a weekend when your husband can help. It doesn't have to be all on your shoulders um, and that the two of you are on the same page and I'm sure it's going to improve, but it will take about a week in total to improve. It's always good to know that duration. Yeah, yeah otherwise it's really easy for, you know, to do it once and it be hard and then go back to what yeah. you were doing. And, and just remember he has the ability to change and adapt. He just needs you to be consistent around it. It's mm, a good tip. This is Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue on Kindling Conversation. You may have noticed that I'm not Siobhan Hunt. I'm Lucy Kippist, online editor here at Kindling Kids Radio. Siobhan is taking a well-deserved day off. If you'd like to ask Chris a question about anything from weaning to toddler tra- tantrums, send us an email at conversation at kindling.com.au. Next up, we have a question from Sally. What the hell do you do in the mornings to get them to have a morning sleep? She asks. My three-week-old has been awake feeding on and off from 6.30am. He's only just gone down for a sleep by two in the afternoon. We had to put him in the pram and take him out for a walk to get him to drift off. I've been trying to get him to have a morning sleep in the bassinet. Is he too young for this? Should I just be carrying him around or putting him in the pram? Help. Oh, those very early days of bringing a baby home. I actually think this is probably something to do with your feeding. So it'd be really easy to think that this is about settling, but pretty much at three weeks, babies will go to sleep anywhere, like in your arms, in the pram, going for a walk. So there's a reason he's not doing that. So I have a feeling it's got something to do with his feeding, but in the general information with a three-week-old, they do become a little bit more alert and awake, but this sounds like this didn't just happen at three weeks, that this might've been happening over the past week. So... um, I would check your feeding, maybe go to your feed, local feeding clinic and have them assess the feeding and make sure that he's feeding effectively. So both breasts offered, feeding over a reasonable time frame, softening the breasts when he's feeding. And with a three-week-old, they generally have then a relaxed alert period for about 10 to 15 minutes. So all in total, he might be awake for about an hour, an hour and 10 and then he'll get agitated as a cue sign for getting getting ready for sleep. And then you need to wrap him. So you never know. You might have – it doesn't actually say, does it, how she puts him to sleep. No, not that. So I think that maybe go back to the basic wrapping that you did when he was in hospital. Cuddle and calm him till he's nice and cuddle – nice and calm. Then pop him down and tuck him in so he feels like you're still um, holding him. And then gently rock your bassinet just to get him into a lulled sense of sleep. But my first bet is that the feeding he's doing isn't effective enough and that if somebody assessed your feeding, it might be the trigger as to why you can't get him to sleep for such a long time. Hmm. Thanks for the question, Sally. Hopefully that helps and please let us know how you go. You can always send an email to conversation at kindling.com.au and ask Chris a follow-up question. Our next question comes from Amber. 
it's a bit of a long one, so bear with me. Please help. My two-and-a-half-year-old busy toddler son has been doing a lot of pushing of other children during playtime. I have spoken to him about not being nice and removed from the play situation for some time out if we are out somewhere. This said, not to say my son has been pushed by other kids during plays, cousin in particular, who is six months older, has pushed him and sometimes when he was younger hit him whenever we would catch up. I have been trying to teach him to tell other kids to stop if they are doing that to him. I feel like by teaching him this, it is having a counter effect. Instead, he is taking up the behaviour. He has been so good for so long with other kids during play. This has only really just started to occur. He goes to childcare two days a week and the educators have never mentioned behaviour like that occurring from my son. This afternoon at my childcare pickup, one of the educators had a word with me about my son's pushing of other children. And today, and he did get in trouble. Isn't it an age thing like some people have told me? Can you suggest some strategies to help? I don't think I'm getting through to him. I think it is an age thing. I totally think it's an age thing. So most children are hitter kickers or biters at some stage in that sort of 18 months to two and a half, three-year-old. So one part of it is when they say it's normal, um, it is true that it is normal, but it's how you react as a parent around that behaviour that's either going to encourage the behaviour or whether it's going to run interference in the behaviour. So the really good thing was it sounds like up until recently he hadn't been doing it at daycare and that that meant that he can follow the rules and the regulations and he sort of knows not to do it. And then maybe he just gets a little bit out of control in a much bigger social setting like the park. And the park is a really difficult place because everyone wants their position in the park. That's true. So there's the older kids and then there's the younger kids and then there's those two to two and a half year olds in the middle. And he sort of knows that he has to wait his turn, but he's a little bit immature. So I'll just push that child out of the way in order to get what I need. So not that we're normalising his behaviour, but I need you to understand that most children have a behaviour like this. So here we know, we know he's going to be a pusher. Okay, so when you go to the park, try taking him in the morning than in the afternoon because in the afternoon he's tired and his tolerance level is a lot less. You know he's going to be a pusher, so hover. So when it seems like he's not going to, he's not coping, and he might push a child, you're just going to run interference and say, "How about you come with mummy over here to the swings, and then we'll come back to the slippery dip." And I know that sometimes that results in a little bit of a tantrum, but what it's doing is stopping the pushing. So you've got to run a little bit of interference, um, but if he manages to push, then he does need a little bit of discipline, as the daycare have probably done, with some simple time out. Now, if he's in the park and you've done one session of simple time out and he's still pushing, take him home because he's not coping there in that situation. And the other one is to do play dates one-on-one because then the competition is a lot less. And so he has more positive play behaviour than negative play behaviour. And I think you'll find that give that a month or two and it'll start to turn his general behaviour around. Okay, that's great. Thanks so much for your question, Amber. This is Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue on Kindling Conversation. I'm Lucy Kippist, filling in for Siobhan Hunt. And if this is your first time with us, every week Chris joins us in the studio to tackle your parenting questions. If you'd like to ask Chris a question about anything from weaning to toddler tantrums, make sure you get in touch. 
Next, we have a question from Josie, who has a two-year-old daughter. She says, my daughter has just turned two and demands I carry her downstairs for breakfast, even though she walks happily at other times of the day if my husband gets her up. I'm due with our second baby in October and Noah will only get harder as we both get bigger and a newborn arrives. (laughs) I've tried so many strategies, but she becomes hysterical at the top of the stairs shouting, Mummy Cuddle, until I eventually (laughs) coax or carry her down. I've tried holding hands, playing games... For example, walking down like a monkey, giving her sit-down cuddles along the way, stick a reward chart and leaving her to cry for a while, but nothing helps. After a week of trying, I reverted to carrying her because her hysterics were such a horrible way to start the day. (laughs) Any tips to get her happily walking for me? P.S. In every other aspect of life, she's misindependent and wants to do everything by herself. Do you know what? I think she just wants some attention from mum. I think it's as simple as that. If she can walk down those steps for dad, then, you know, this is just her little moment with mum. I don't think it's got anything to do with a baby because she's not that big that she would even know that there was a baby. And I can see the hassle coming up as you get bigger. But remember that she'll be six months older as you get bigger and her maturity will have developed over six months. But at the moment, she needs you to carry her down the stairs So this is one of those things, I think, in parenting where you have to choose the battles. Mm. And if she's generally this lovely little girl who's fairly compliant with life and the one thing she needs in the morning is a cuddle going down those stairs, I think the first thing you have to weigh up is, is that a big deal? But as the pregnancy goes on, you're right, you're going to get bigger, she's going to get bigger. So along the way, I would probably try, I'd give her... I'd probably give her about two to three months of just not trying not to carry her down the stairs. So what happens is she forgets to fight you when you suggest she can go down the stairs. Mm. Then I would try something like getting something that's really important to her and can you carry that down the stairs for me? So that could be anything from, I don't know, the keys to the car because you need to take them downstairs could you help mummy take these, you know, my T-shirt downstairs for me and I'll take this downstairs, which are the games that you've tried already. But by giving her a break and just letting her, um, you know, be carried down the stairs, I actually think the behaviour will go away the next time you interrupt it to say, can you hold mummy's hand and go down the stairs? Mm-hmm. And as long as daddy keeps the behaviour up, that he can, she can go down the stairs with daddy, I think it'll just disappear. So, you know, give her a little bit of space and time and and then everybody take a break from it because I have a feeling it's just the moment she wants with you. Yeah. Of all the moments insight. in the day. Yeah. yeah. Josie, thank you so much for your question and good luck. Um, the next question is from Shona, who has a three-and-a-half-year-old. What time would you put a three-and-a-half-year-old down at night? He is a good sleeper, but ready for bed by 5 to 6, but he is waking at 5 to 6 a.m., which we are finding too (laughs) early. He dropped his day sleep when he was around 3 or newly 3. If it makes a difference, he'll be 4 in August. He has um, two days a week at home and three in preschool between 9 and 3. He's very active and we limit a screen or technology time. Well, he sounds delightful, doesn't he? Three and a half, he's, he's got it all going. Um, I, you're right. He's going to bed too early. He's sleeping beautifully, but he's going to bed too early. And that's why you get five to six. If he goes to bed at six 
and he wakes up at six in the morning. That's actually completely reasonable. But the appropriate time for a three and a half year old probably be between seven and seven thirty. Mm. So let's just try and get him to seven and see where we get there. And what I would do is just extend his day by fifteen minutes till the point of where you get to the time frame you want to be. So if, for the next week, you might just always get to six o'clock because then that'll set the mark. Then the next couple of days, you go to 6.15, 6.30, 6.45, and then he hits seven. Now, if he goes down at seven and sleeps reasonably to 6.30, just keep him at seven. But if there's a little bit of wiggle room there and you put him down at seven and he's still getting up at five, you might even have to go to 7.30 because most four-year-olds go to bed 7.30, maybe even eight, but I, I personally think that's a bit late. So let's see if we can just creep him out to 7, 7.30, just really gently. He won't even know that 15 minutes has gone past, and then that will probably turn the whole cycle around for you. He just slowly does it. Yeah, just very slowly does it. Oh, that's good. Um, we have time for one more question. It comes from Carly. My two-and-a-half-year-old still wakes at least once or twice a night for a bottle. She's a great eater during the day, but without fail, she wakes every night. And to settle her for bed, I have to lay in there with her for over an hour. I'm so tired. Every day I let it slide for so long, but I'm going out of my mind. It's amazing how tired tired is, isn't it? (laughs) After two-and-a-half years, I think you just have to bite the bullet. So depending on how much, Carly, you put in these bottles... um, So let's assume she gets about 150 in each of these bottles. I would decrease the bottles down to 50 mils in both bottles. So you might do that every couple of nights. So she's getting two bottles of 100, uh, sorry, two bottles of 50 mils. Then I think you're just going to have to have the very bad weekend and, and teach her how to sleep without the bottles and without you. And that, I think you, one, you need time and patience. And I would just... It doesn't say whether she's in a bed, does it? No, she didn't say that. Yeah, so not sure whether she's in a cot or a bed, but if she's in a cot, I think you just have to let us try and self-settle, go back in, give her a little cuddle, put her down, pat her and walk out and extend the time. She's two and a half. This could take you two and a half hours to do. But in saying that, she's a very quick learner. So over two or three nights, it will get quicker and quicker as time goes on. But I think this one is just pure behaviour and you've fallen into it because you're so tired. So it's like the terrible cycle that you get into. You know what's wrong, but you can't stop yourself from doing it because you're so tired. Mm. But I think what you do is you sit down with your partner, you work out which weekend would be the best weekend to do it. You work backwards from there and wean her bottles down till she's on 50 mils. And then you literally have to tell her the morning before she's not going to get them that there's no more bottles, that you're a big girl now and it's time to get rid of the bottles. And don't tell her that the bottle fairy's coming to take it because they get a very confused because then a tooth fairy comes and takes their teeth and it's all <laughs> so very confusing. <laughs> Where are all the fairies? Um, so be honest with her and say you're a big girl now and you don't need bottles, so the bottles are going. If you can, if you don't need the bottles, actually literally throw them out. Um, and then that gives her that morning and that afternoon to process what has been said. Don't do it at four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and then quite literally, we know she's going to need a little bit more help. Um, and you've got to tell her that we're going to put her down and then we're going to give her a few minutes to go to sleep. Then we'll come back and give her a pat and cuddle and then put her back down. But it's literally going to take you about three or four days. So a little bit of patience and I'm sure you'll get there. Just hang in there, Carly. Hang in there. Okay. So thank you so much for all your questions. That's all we have time for on Kindling Helpline today. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the Kindling Conversation podcast where you can find all of Chris's advice and much more about all sorts of parenting topics. Chris, as always, thank you for your time. Pleasure. That was Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue and this has been Kindling Helpline. If you've got a question for Chris for next time, you can email us at conversation at kindling.com.au.